Hi, look, I'm Kim Williams. You know, you may know me as a as a slow runner that's always at the back of the pack. But in actual fact, you know, I'm, uh, music is my main thing, and I actually own 12 guitars and two basses and uh, about 700 records. My name is Daniel Ferrugia, and this is the Trail Runners Experience. Okay, Kim Williams, welcome to the Trail Runners Experience, mate. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, good to see you. I'm interviewing you how many days after your most recent ultra? We're about four days out, aren't we? Three days. Yeah, about that, yeah. yeah. Saturday through to Sunday. <laughs> and you're, um, you're alive and you're walking around. With shoes on. Yeah, impressive. Which, it's not normal, though. Anyone who's, if you've never run an ultra, you don't know that feeling. <laughs> So yeah, you're you're all too familiar with ultras, aren't you, Kim? Look, I've done a few. I've done about sixty ultras of varying distances from you know from about forty five up to about one hundred and sixty k's. Yeah, I absolutely amazing. It's an amazing number. It's breathtaking. I think I've interviewed a lot of people throughout Australia. This is, I think, my oh, but I've done over sixty uh, interviews, and you're by far the most. I would say the most decorated. Uh, ultra runner you've got a i'm sitting here looking at a, a book that's full of all your races you keep good track of all the races you've done we'll get some stats out of the way what's the okay. first ultra you ever did well i think the first ultra i did i i'm pretty sure was the uh was an ultra over in victoria the frankston to portsea 55k run and it sort of follows the uh the main road really and it was a it was a bit of a uh, bit of a maverick kind of thing because uh we were told at the start, if the police pull you over and say, what are you doing out here? Is this, is this an event? You're supposed to say, no, it's just a few mates going for a run. <laughs> and uh, at, the end of that, at the end of that race, they gave you a mirror and a, and a bar of chocolate. The mirror, so you can have a good look at yourself. And, and a bar of chocolate to, to, to recover from the run. And, uh, and that was my first, uh, probably my first entry, all, along with the six-foot track. In, um, oh, which is famous, yeah. With the famous six-foot track in, in the Blue Mountains, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've, um, you've done multiple, you've done a lot of races multiple times. Yes, I have. You? So, yeah, um, a lot of people would know you. You've got a bit of a, um, well, a, bit of a legend status in among probably South Australia's most iconic ultra, the Eurobilla 56, and you, you're one of the few that have done um, all of them. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I, I've, I've done all 13 runnings of the, including the very first one where it was just a, you know, it was going to be a day out with friends, basically. Yeah. And then they uh, decided that, you know, this could be a goer. So, you know, I was just happy, lucky to be at the right place at the right time. And yeah. I've done 13 official runnings of it. Yeah. Uh, and probably about another five or six unofficial runnings of that of that run as well. Yeah. And you... um. 
How many other guys are there? Or there's only a couple of men left, isn't there? Is there's, there's only myself and Brett Worley are the only two left. Yep. And it's incidentally, you both live in the same suburb. You know, so Brett yeah. just lives down the road, and we all live in the same suburb of um, beautiful Athelston. That's in, right. In South Australia, at the foot of Black Hill. Yeah, I think it makes makes you into a strong uh, a strong runner that hill, and we're sitting right, we're basically right at the foot of it, aren't we? So, yeah, we certainly are. It's a uh, there's, there's nothing easy about Black Hill. There's no, there's no easy. There's about five ways to the summit, all of them hard. Yeah. So you, you can't go for an easy time on Black Hill. You got to, It's always hard. It's, it's hard up and it's hard down. I agree. I think it's the one in all of the Adelaide Hills. It might not be the highest peak, but it is, I think, bang for buck when you're going, you know, it's got the sort of the steepest inclines every direction and, um, and a lot of the technical stuff, depending on which way you go as well. Exactly right. Would you say you've spent quite a few hours on Black Hill in your years? I would say that, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if I'm even if I'm thinking, oh, look, I'll go for a, a jaunt up Black Hill, mm. and even though it might be only five or four or five Ks, you know, the amount of training you get in that four or five Ks, yeah. you know, you couldn't sort of replicate that, you know. You'd have to pretty do double that or more on a, on a, on a lesser uh, incline. So, you know, if you say you're going on a flat, you know, you just wouldn't get that same training in. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful and I love it for the training and it is, I, I've lived in the Atherston area only for about seven years and, um, just, I still, when I run up onto Black Hill, I feel very lucky. Oh it's yeah. A, it's a really lovely area. And so, you know, koalas, kangaroos, echidnas. Oh, exactly right. You yeah. get all that. I mean, I've been here since 1982, uh, with no plans to leave either. And, yeah. You know, it's a, it is a privilege, you know, to, to sort of go out, go out my front door and. And you know, be able to look up on Black Hill and just say, okay, well, I can be there, and I can be there in five minutes. Yeah, it becomes when you run over the same trail lots of times. There's a certain um, you develop a real connection with it, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you sort of you explore every. You know, some days when you're not in a hurry, you oh, you think, where's that little trail go? And you sort of go down there until you get to the end of it. Well, that goes nowhere. So oh, we won't need to take that again. Yeah. So you come back up and, you know, you can go different. There's many different ways to go up and down. Yeah. You can make it as hard as you like. Yeah. And it, it seems like you've, um, you've obviously got, speaking of hard, you're, you're, you're probably one of the hardest people I know in terms of, you know, you know, you, I mean, you, by your own admission, you're not the fastest um, out there, but you just, you, uh, I think the word I would use is um, indefatigable, mate. You just, just don't stop, you know. What is that? Where does that come from? Well, I, I think what happens, I mean, in my, in my younger years, uh, you know, I used to be a road marathoner before I sort of started on the trails. Mm. And, you know, and I was a reasonable, reasonable, you know, I was like a three and a half to four hour marathoner. And I was like, you know, around the mid pack and all that. And but as you start getting slower, you, you still got that endurance. So once you've got the trails, you've still got that endurance in your legs. Yeah. Uh, but then you you learn you learn to walk, and you learn to walk hard, and you, you, somehow you, you you happen upon a pace that that uh, that you'll keep you can keep going for as long as you like, pretty much. And I, I guess that's what I'm sort of hanging on to, you know, memory, the memory of my legs, and the, yeah. the, the ability to be able to walk. Also, um, the fact that you know my feet, my legs are still good. I don't, I'm not injured. I don't have injuries. Yeah. My, my feet don't give me any problems. That's awesome. Um, 
And so you've done a number of marathons I mean, as well. So what, mm -hmm. what are, how many marathons have you got under your belt? Uh, you got, that's on a whole other page, isn't it? Yeah, 36. 36, 36 marathons. Yeah, yeah, about that. So we've got the Adelaide Marathon. 20 of those. 20. Pitchy Richie Marathon, which I've done once. That's it's a, hard. It's quite a hard road yes, marathon. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You've done that how many? Eight times. Yeah. Great Ocean Road. That's beautiful. Yeah. But tough, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. There's yeah. more uphill than you think in that one. Yeah. The Portland, the Barossa, the Gold Coast, you know, the Kangaroo Island. Yeah. Uh, the inaugural and Surf Coast. Yeah. That was, that was a good one. And a couple of brave hearts down at Semaphore Way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've I've pretty much stopped doing marathons because they take me too long. You know, I I I, get, I just can't be holding up that finish line for that long anymore. Yeah. But you know, with the with the trails, you know, you get a longer time to do these kind of things. Yeah, and it's um it's interesting because maybe your your slower pace. It becomes a bit of a benefit in the trail runs, isn't it? Because you can be, you can sustain that pace over different terrain a lot better than most probably. Because I mean, I see people who are real fast. They might be screaming along on the flats and then screaming along on the downhills. Then they hit the uphills and they're just they've got nothing. Yeah. 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 Look, I you know like this. Uh, I mean, I started the. I start even. I start slowly because I you know I'm, I'm a lifelong asthmatic, so uh, I've. I've always had, uh, you know, I've been taking medication, preventative, and it, and for most of my time, it's it's been uh, it works well. Just the last couple of years, it's not working quite as well, and we've had to experiment a bit with different uh, medications. But really, I'm only I've really only got about fifty to sixty percent lung capacity, so oh, wow. that's a lot. That cuts out my running anything that goes uphill because as soon as I go uphill, you know. There's, my, I feel it straight away. So that's why I'm sort of, but I can walk. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. That is, that's like another element. And can I ask, how many years young are you, Kim? I'm 63. 63. And you've done all these and you're still going. And so on the weekend you ran your ninth consecutive, your uh, Heisen 105. Not consecutive. No. I, I, one year I decided, oh, I've done, I've done, I've done the highest and I've done the highest. And I'm going to go to Victoria and run the uh, Ned Kelly Chase. Yeah. And so I went over to do that. Uh, wasn't a success. I had to pull out at 60 of 100 because I just, I just run, out of, run out of steam, run out of gas, yeah. had to stop. Uh, but then I, yeah. I came back and said, that's it. I know how to do the highest. So I'm going to stick to that from now on. Yeah, great. <laughs> but you, you said, I think I saw somewhere, you said this is going to be your last one, your last Heisen. I said that last year, but uh, there was a reason I did it again this year. But this is the yeah. last one this year, yeah. Yeah. It's not that I can't do it anymore. It's just that I don't want to do it anymore. So why? Can I ask why? Uh, there's, there's, there's parts of it that just mm -hmm. really... They really grind grind my gears, you know, and it's yeah. not it's not quite the same run as it was in the in initial days. There was more trail and less road. Now there's sort of these endless endless road sections, yeah. uh, you know, not doing it for me. When, yeah. when I get onto the trail, even no matter how hard it is, I like it. When I'm on the road, I think oh, here's this long section, like three or four k's on road. There's and, some really uh, interesting bits of trail in there, but I understand yeah. the road bits do. Um, suck a little bit because they, they wear me. They feel very same same. Some of the road bits, and, yeah, and um, and they're straight, yeah, you know, and they're just and a lot of them are uphill as well. And I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, I don't need to 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 do all this, you know, time on road, you know. So yeah, 
You're a, you're a mountain goat. You're a, you're a trail mountain goat. <laughs> you got it. No, you're not a road runner. That's fine. Um, how do you feel about? Um, and you can be honest because we're all friends here. Um, you know, the Heisen has. And I'll do, I mean, I can talk about the other races as well, but Heisen in particular has undergone a lot of changes lately. And obviously, this year sort of being the last year that's going to be run in this particular direction. Mm-hmm. So next year, it's changing. I think a, a, a lot. And so changing direction, changing some of the distances up. Yeah. And um, would, how did you feel about that? A little, I, I personally feel a little bit sad to see things change so rap, so much. But it's, I guess now that Ben Hawkins is not um, race director, mm. you know, obviously someone else has a different vision. So Sean has a different vision and I think yep. it will probably work out. Yes, well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'd already decided this was going to be my last, but, you know, like, the idea of changing direction, you know, that's sort of like put a full stop onto it. Yeah. Because, you know, I know how hard the first half is and I can't imagine doing that first half in the dark to finish the run. I agree. I imagine going through Yulti and my Ponga oh, yeah. in the dark yep. and we're on really fatigued legs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get... I've, 10Ks extra. It's very, very difficult um, navigating through there even during the daytime when, when you're fresh. It's very easy to take it's wrong hard. turns. Even Good. even having done the section a number of times, I quite often will have to stop and go, hang on, it's this way, you know, and even though it's yeah. because it's so scrubby and thick and anyone who's done the Heisen, you know, they know, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. the, the sections in my Ponga, you know, where you're sort of like, it's rocky and it's right on the edge, like yeah. one, one foot to the wrong direction, you're down in the gully. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, you know, for me, that I'll be doing that in the dark, you know, the, the pointy end guys in the light. Yeah. It's okay, you know, they can do it. I think a lot of the bulk of the field would probably end up doing it in the dark. That's right, the yeah. bulk of it, yeah. Yeah, um, but no, I'm sure, I mean, we like, I mean, a new challenge in, for a lot of people, but things evolve. Same as Eurobilla has, the course has changed. Has changed. I mean, it's, so, the last time I did Eurobilla was 2016, and, um, that was when they changed it because of the weather, and it's never been the same. I did it back in 2014. Yeah. Or I think 2015 was the last time it's been run on the traditional course. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, look, you know, that's the new the new finish. I mean, I I have thoughts on that as well. I mean. Yeah. You know the the old finish. The it people used to special. complain about how hard the quarry track was until they put it up the orchard track. Yeah. Which is which is way way harder. Yeah. Uh, and it's and the finish is longer now. For me, the old finish was the go because you had like two k's downhill to the end, and, and it was a nice, beautiful. One of the nicest sections of Black Hill coming down. Amherst. Yeah, it was hard, but it and, was beautiful. And when you come around the corner and you went down, and and mm. the crowd was right there, yes. and you'd run into like the literal embrace of the crowd. Yeah. Now you know it had to be moved to somewhere bigger because of the spectators and the cars and all that. Yeah. But uh, you don't feel that. That the warmth of the crowd at the new finish. I agree. Because yeah. you're sort of coming across the oval and they see you coming, they see you coming. And yet, until I asked Ben to move the finish to the goal area, you know, like you're finishing yeah. halfway on the – and like all the, all the people were, you know, they, they could see you, but they're not close enough to say, oh, good yeah. on you or anything. Yeah. And you'll still you'll detach from the finish line. You could literally – in the old finish, I agree, like it was a tight – and it was everyone was shoulder to shoulder, which is weird in this day and age with coronavirus and everything. Mm. But it was a nice feeling of being Wasn't all packed in. You know, you come in, that's right, yeah. and you're immediately. It's, it's like it's fifty pats on the back, and and um, that oh, yeah. that notion 
of the and that everyone used to be there. I mean, I've just seen it evolve over the, since my first Eurobilla, which was in 2000, 2013 was my first one. Okay. And um and I've seen the evolution since then. And so I imagine you've seen the evolution a great deal as well. Mm. And in all these races, and I mean, things do evolve. And just trail running in general uh, has just changed so much in the last five to 10 years. Yeah, hasn't oh, yeah, it? for yeah. sure. You know, I mean, I was, like, again, I was fortunate enough to be there when, you know, Terry Cleary, you know, decided, that, you know, that trail running was a good thing. And he was going to, he was going to set up organised trail runs once a month. And he'd, he'd send out a notice, you know, we're going here, we're going there. We went all over the place and we do like, you know, 10, uh, 20 to 25 Ks. And we wouldn't, there was no such thing as GPS. He would give you like a sheet with notes, you know, turn left at gate three, you know, look for the indistinct track on the left and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so, you, so you're running around, you're looking at that. And of course, people went the wrong way. And sometimes you'd see you know, half the crowd coming back towards you and you're going out the other way and you think, well, one of us is going in the wrong direction. We yeah. just weren't sure who. But we didn't lose anyone in the end. So, uh, you know, it sort of it sort of taught you a little bit of uh, sort of self-sufficiency a little bit and, and you know, how not to panic and how just to sort of calm down and, yeah. and look around and think, oh, well, I think it's back that way. You know, and so you sort of try to head in the right direction. Hopefully you'd pick it up again. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, because we've become so much more dependent on now. You know, the courses have to be so well marked. I mean, because there's mm. so much, such a higher percentage of uh, participants and a lot of new people stepping up to ultras, you know. Yeah. People who are stepping up very quickly. They might do a half marathon and then they go, right, I'm going to do an ultra now. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have thoughts on that, and I think yeah. that I think a lot of people step up way too quickly. Yeah, and and why they, you know, like you say, you know, they're on the couch one year, and by the same time next year they want to be doing Eurobilla, and then they go, oh, well, I've done that. Mm. What's the next thing I can do? Oh, I might do Heisen, you know. And why yeah. they may do it and finish it, you know, there's there's injuries start. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they start to creep in with injuries, and yeah, oh, this year oh, I've got this, you know, this reoccurring hip injury, and I've got this and that. You know, they've gone up too fast, you know. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, as a coach, you would know that that's, that, that's the coach. Yeah, I mean, en endurance takes years to truly develop, you know. Like, mm. um, you know, they say a proper endurance base takes 10 years, you know. It takes, yeah. but, I mean, no, you can't sell someone. I can't go, look, yeah, you can run Heisen in 10 years. You know, I'm not going to tell them that because no, people want it. No one wants to do Everyone that. wants it now. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, as a coach, I try my best to to sort of temper, I'm a little bit realistic with people. I say, look, I, I think um, stepping up to your 100 miles is a bit of a jump. And, um, but you know, maybe we'll do a few 50K, get a few 50 kilometer runs under your mm. belt, because that's a massive achievement in itself. And um, stepping up to 100, I always say is more than double the challenge of a 50K, oh, yeah. even though it's double the distance. And then that's probably the same again, going up to 100 miles, you know? So yep. yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, know. I used to think that uh, you know, one of my road running days, I, you, know, you know, ten was a certain mark, then a half marathon was a certain as another jump. Yeah, you know, 30, 30 to thirty-five, that's another pretty big jump, and a jump up to the marathon. Yeah, and and then you like, uh, and now like you from a if you can do a marathon, you know, like the yeah. Heisens, 
not the highest in the year, you're a bit as well within your grasp, but you just got to yes. understand it's going to take you twice as long. I know. And you've got to get that, the pace out of your head a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Slow down, slow down a bit, you know. Mm. You're not going to go as fast. And, of course, there's another jump up to 100Ks. Yeah. And there's a huge jump up to 100 miles, which I've only achieved once on the uh, on the uni loop. The 24-hour? 24-hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, I was going to ask you about that one too. Yeah. You, that's another um, sort of mainstay of... of um, of, or has been of Adelaide, and another one that's organised by was organised by Ben Hawkins, and you've done that, that in whatever format every year as well, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. The six hour, twelve hour, or twenty four. That's right. I've so, done all of the, I've done yeah. all the, 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 the disciplines. Yeah, and um, <laughs> what would you say out of those three is the hardest to do? Because I think six hour presents a completely different challenge. You know, it can be harder. I mean, I'm not. I shouldn't say that because I've not done the twenty four. But all I know about six hour is. There's not a lot of time for messing around. You know, you just, you're in it. Depends. Depends <laughs> yeah. what you want to do. Like these, yeah. you know, the last probably five or six years, for me, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's actually a social run, but, you know, like I, if someone calls in and, and, and I, oh, g'day, I'll stop and go over and have a few words with them. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of set at a distance anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'll just go for the whole six hours and then, and so I'd be surprised. How many did I do, Ben? Oh, yeah, 36. Oh, you know, great. Um, you know, when I first started doing the six hour, I think I was, I was getting about 52, you know, and that was sort of, yeah. that was sort of on my limit at the time. Um, but, you know, now I sort of I take a less sort of serious, you know, uh, position with regards to number of Ks. Yeah. But, you know, when I first did the 24 hours, you know, obviously, I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to do a hundred miles, and you got it. And I did get it. That's amazing. On my first go, and yeah. luckily, I did. But you know, you got to have everything go right. You know, and yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing. But you know, the, the old saying about you know, see what you're made of. Yeah. Well, the twenty-four hour around the uni loop really shows you what you're made of. Yeah. Because you can't say. Oh, if only I'd have done this, I could have done that, I could have done this. Maybe if I'd run a bit faster, I'd have stopped a bit less. You can't say that because you can only do what you can do and no more Yeah. with the 24 hours. You know, you're, you're at the edge the whole time. You're right on that edge. You, you cannot you cannot say, if only, if only I could have done that because you couldn't have done it because if you could have done it, you would have done it. Yeah. So, you know, you're... You do everything you can do on that on that day, and if you're lucky enough, you, you get to your goal. Incredible, yeah. I um, yeah, and there's been. I mean, I'm sure you've had lots of challenging races and runs. Would, what would you say has been sort of the the most challenging thing that you've done? At the, if, if if you can even put it in, in, like it might be very difficult to answer that question. Look, the the 24 hour is is the most mentally challenging by yeah. by far. Because you're just going around, he's going around that same course, and then you know you start in the morning, you know, like a whole day goes past. You know, you're, you're seeing everything that happens in a day around that uh, uni loop. You know, the, a football match starts, a football match finishes, the second match starts, the second <laughs> match finishes. You're still going around and around. Yeah. Night time comes, you know, the twelve hour people finish. You're going around, you're going around. It's night time. It gets real quiet. It's quiet. It's quiet. There's not all of a sudden. There's not many people around. You know, it's not it's not spooky, but it's you know you still gotta you think oh it's quiet out here, and then you think oh is that the sun coming up? You know, yeah. And you and it's a, it's a real it's a it's an experience, and for me it, it is certainly one of the cornerstones of ultra running. You know, if you call yourself yeah. an ultra runner, I think from in my opinion you should you should do a twenty four hour run. I know you're putting it on me. I've I, I've, <laughs> I've never done it, and I um I'm. 
One of the, I'm, it's there. I always said I would never do a 24. It's scary. Um, because I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do it. But I'm, I'm also of the, the belief that I just haven't felt ready to do it. And even though no. I've done, I've done quite a few ultras and yeah. I've done a lot of running, yeah. I'm probably a lot more ready than I, I, I have been, you know? And so, yeah, it's... Um, You've got to have a plan as well. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm a pretty good runner. I'll just keep running, no. keep running, keep running. You'll break down. You have to do some walking, mm. unless you're, probably unless you're like, you know, one of the three or four people that are going to win it. Yeah. They can run all the way. Um, the rest of the people, you know, it's, it's a regular thing. For me, to achieve that 100 miles, I would, I would walk 200 metres every lap from, from the aid station Yep. from the start finish line, and then I would run the two k's, and then I would eight station walk two hundred. That, that's usually where the the only sort of hill is, right. is it in the race. And I mean, it's not much of a hill, but I know even doing the six hour, you feel the difference. It starts to feel like a hill very quickly. That's right. You know, you do once you. I think I used about, to walk up to the driveway and, and go again. You know, of the recycling center. Yeah, uh, that's it's interesting. I think anyone, I, I agree with you, and. I think part of the, the having those walk breaks too, you, you give your, your your legs a chance to use the muscles a bit differently, mm. you know, because um, I know I've seen runners that have, um, really good runners that have broken down because they have not even taken a single walking break mm. and they just get, what is it, that? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I've seen that in my in my uh, 24 hours well. There's yeah. a very good runner and he was lapping me, lapping me, lapping me and then and then all of a sudden now I'm looking and he, I thought, he's walking, you know. He's not walking strongly, you know. Yeah. He's walking because he has to walk. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of laps later, I looked, I, I looked up ahead, and he he picked up a branch and he was holding it to walk. Oh wow! And in the end, he, he pulled out about 130 k's at about 2 a.m. in the morning. He said, "Oh, broken." Well, he says, "I've I've had it, Kim. You, yeah. You're too good for me." <laughs> I thought, "Well, it's a classic tortoise and hare situation, isn't it?" It certainly was. But he was yeah. he was inexperienced. But you know, he was he was a he was a nice. Beautiful looking runner, but you know yeah. he hadn't planned it. Uh, yeah, so pacing plan, and um, I, I think that's really interesting. There's a bit of a luck, and I mean there is. There's a funny thing happens sometimes in those runs. Uh, you know, you're going for like one that year. I think it was about eleven or twelve. I think I'd stopped and I had something to eat and this and that, and I sort of started going again. I thought, and all of a sudden my legs felt like they're like light, light as air, and I and I started running effortlessly. <laughs> And that was after like from 6 a.m. and or 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And I'd been going for like, you know, 12, 13 hours or something. And I thought, oh, I'm starting to wear down. Second wind. And yeah, and I started running effortlessly and, and, and quickly. And yeah. I was doing my quickest laps of, of the day. And it sort of lasted for about an hour and a half or thereabouts. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that was strange, you know. I, but it happened. But you've you got to have, you gotta have a, a, little, a little pocket of that in it. If you, if you want to reach that hundred for me, yeah, you know, because then you sort of get a few pretty quick laps in, you know, because you're gonna you're gonna wear down near the end, and you're gonna walk a lot more, you know. There's not many that can run, keep that, keep their plan the whole time, but you keep it as long as you can. Yeah, that's good to uh, good advice. <laughs> oh, look, a lot of I think there's a lot of sage advice here. If I was um, a listener. I'd be writing notes because you know you've done a lot and you've you've probably made just as many mistakes as failures, you know. Like yeah, so um, that's amazing. And yeah, what like in the um, I was yeah, because I was going to ask you that because there's this idea that people have in their head that it's just going to get harder and harder and harder the further you go. 
But obviously you go through waves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, any even on the on the trail, you know, there's always that um, that point, you know, where you think, oh, geez, I'm not going good. You know, and even this year I I think I put a couple of uh, posts on Facebook and suggesting that, you know, like if you feel bad, it's not the end. Yeah. As as you know, you know, you, you you've got to you've got to change something. You gotta stop, you gotta have something to eat, you gotta have something to drink, you might have a sit down. Yeah. You know, you might you might put new socks on. You know, you might sit under a tree for five minutes. You know, you can, if you change something, quite often you'll take take go move away from that aid station or wherever you've stopped. Yeah. And you think, oh, I feel feel quite a lot better. And then you know that'll that'll keep you going for hours longer until you start to wear down a little bit more. But you know, it just seems to be yeah, like you say, you've got that wave. And you, I'm good. I'm not so good. I'm good. I'm not so good. But yeah. you know. Yeah, Hopefully, you know, you can get to the end without feeling really, really bad. Yeah. Um, okay, what percentage do you think is physical and what percentage is mental, in, in, your, in your opinion? Just to in complete, what sort of running? Oh, like any, like 24-hour or oh. anything over 100 kilometres. Yeah. Because oh, you I'm, know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> in, it's a personal opinion because I mean you always hear they say I was at ninety percent, yeah, ninety percent mental or something or yeah. Look, oh, I don't think it's that much. You still yeah. got to you still got to have the, but you've got to have that. You've got to have the the will to want to do it, you know. And people say, oh, I'm thinking of doing the Heisen or I'm thinking of doing the Eurobill. I say, well, first of all, you've got to want to do it. If you want to do it and you want to finish it. You know, that would be enough to drive you on. Mm. You know, then the physical takes care of itself, really. I mean, I always say that, you know, your legs will always take you to where you want to go. It's just, you know, would your, would your brain let you let your legs carry you that, that far? Yeah. And, you know, if it starts to hurt a bit, you know, if your legs are getting tired, then you've got to make another assessment. But if you think, you know, you take stock, you think, what's wrong with me? Legs, they're okay. Feet, they're okay. Yeah, you know, like what's that. stopping me? It's only because, you know, you want to sit under a tree and go to sleep. Well, that's not a yeah. good enough reason to stop. So, well, I suppose I'd better keep yeah. going. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you, I feel like you've got to go into these sorts of events with absolute certainty that you want to do it. You want to, yeah. yes, you have you, to want to you, do you, it. You can't be on the fence, can you? No, not at all. <laughs> no, that, that's the main first thing. People say, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that. I said, well, you, you wouldn't mind. You've got to actually want to do it. Yeah. You've got to... With events, you've got to want to do it, and then you've got to enter early, so so you committed, and then tell everybody that you're doing it, because then everybody will say, "Oh, were you going to do that?" Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. So that you don't know, um, so that holds you accountable. You know? Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. You get, then that gets you out the door to go and go and hit yeah. the hill or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Go for a run or or whatever. I know. I mean, it's like it's like just Saturday just gone. You know, there was a couple. I, you know, I was. I thought that I wasn't going to make a couple of the cutoffs, but I was just, you know, you can't think straight, and I wasn't getting the figures right. And I and I thought, yeah, I've got to keep going. Oh yeah, you'll make it. You'll make it. A lot of people said, I'm, I'm going to be at the end. I want to see you finish. You know, and yeah. you think, well, there are people wanting to see me finish, and I think, well, I suppose I better finish. <laughs> yeah. That's so, when I did take stock. I thought, what's that, wrong with me? That accountability. Nothing. You know, nothing's yeah. wrong with me. You know, you know, buck up and keep yeah. going. Do you ever feel shit? Did you ever just like this is shit? Well, Do you have those moments. Look, I'm pretty lucky. I there's only been like two or three times where I've actually pulled out of a race because you know I've literally run out of gas. You know when you 
you can't even walk quick, you know, you're, yeah. you're trudging and your legs are gone and you're completely gone. Mm. But I know when that feeling, I know that feeling and I know that 95% of the time I, when I think uh, this is all, you know, that I haven't got that feeling. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I, I don't have trouble with my feet and I don't have trouble with my, with my gut either. Oh, that's good. So, so you, like, you can eat... You're a I good eat, eater. I can eat. I'm a good eater. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the I, run. Am. I know it sounds funny. If you're not, if you've never ran an ultra, it doesn't make much sense. But once you run an ultra, your stomach issues become a big issue. Yes. You know, for a lot. I mean, myself included. And it's a constant. I'm constantly refining and you know trying to figure it out properly. But all I know is you got to eat a lot. Yeah. Well, I think I think also like uh, with the, with the fast runners, mm. you know, like uh, maybe you. Your gut hasn't got time to process it, you know. Whereas I'm sort of moving at a speed where, you know, I can sort of process the food, mm. and I know that it's doing me good because, uh, like last year, I I got to the 37k mark, and I was in a I was in a pretty poor place actually. I I thought mentally I was I was you know I wasn't there. I wasn't enthusiastic. I you know I thought um, and I was thinking of ways to pull out. I was thinking of a good excuse to stop. <laughs> And my legs were feeling heavy and, you know, my, my mind was saying, ah, you know, blow this, you know, it's too hard. But I, I, I got to the aid station and, and Dion sat me down. She said, look, you know, sit, you better sit down. And I said, oh, can you give me my drop bag? I started eating. Yeah. And, you know, within about 10 minutes, I'd eaten about four or five different things. And I, I could actually feel the energy rising, like filling up a petrol tank. Yeah. It started down, and by the time it got to my fa- my head, I thought, I feel quite good. No excuse now. No excuse. And then I thought, <laughs> that's it. I, I got up. I said, I moved off down the road. And I thought, well, I won't have any problems from now on. Yeah. That's and, and then I realised, you know, you get up so early, you eat hardly anything before yeah. that point. And it's an I just early, run start, out of gas. early start to the day. It's very early. Yeah. You gotta get I mean, I have to get up at two AM yeah. to, to drive to get ready to go down, to drive down, to get the bus to start at six. Yeah. And then the first aid station is not usually much food. The second aid station you stop at, you know. Yeah. But that's like six or seven hours, you know. Yeah. And you've you've already had a big day. And and I think coming out of that uh my ponga, I, I mean I I mean I'm not the quickest runner, but I'm I'm probably oh, a little bit quicker. But like I always feel shit coming to that second aid station. Yeah, said, yeah. Yeah, true. And, and because you come up that hill, there's that road hill, and it, my, by then my legs actually feel a bit like pulp. You know? Is that right? So yeah. you, you actually feel, feel the strain on your legs at yeah, that stage? Yeah, and, and it's funny because I go through, again, I I've, I've go through cycles, but I always feel, I feel a little bit mentally down because I, find, I know that there's still... The next section's quite tough, and I know that there's still a long way to go. Like, you wait, by the time you hit 37 in the Heisen, you're really in it. You're in the race by oh, then. Yeah. You're not, you know, first aid station, everything's, you know, sunshine, and, you know, like, it's great. Yeah. You're, you're fresh as a daisy. But by 37, you've just come through that really challenging section That's of my hunger. And then, um, yeah, it it's just absolutely grinds you to a bit of a pulp. You got those two long road sections. You got that yeah. long road, and then you turn right. You got another long road. Yeah. And then you trudge and trudge and trudge, and you think, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I I think that there's a lot of um, front of the field and the back of the field, and the middle of the field. There's a lot in common. We all go. Th- I think. And I've always said this about people who, when you run a marathon, it doesn't matter if you're the the elite guy or the last guy. 
everybody suffers in the last 10 k's of a marathon. That's right. You know, and I, it's, it's so true. And I've had it. And the last marathon I did was the Adelaide Marathon last year. And I was, I wasn't pushing for a PB or anything, but I had a really good run, generally speaking. And I remember I got to about 30 k's and I thought, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling great. And then literally I crossed over the 32k mark and I was, and every, it's like someone just popped. That like, right? popped Hit my the bubble. wall. I didn't, I didn't completely hit the wall, but I started there's to a, feel crap. There's a place, there's a, yeah. there's a spot right there. I wouldn't, I say I, I hit a hurdle for sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. And I, um, I really started my, my, mentally I started feeling a little bit negative and then I started to feel like my legs were just a bit heavier. Yeah. And then they got heavier and heavier. And then, I mean, I brought, I brought home the, I, sort of the last three kilometres, yeah. I, I was able to get, Dig back in the right place but yeah. there's about six k's there where i did not feel good you know yeah and it's and i have that and and, and when i run an ultra i don't know when i cross into the mar when i hit the marathon distance in a, in a longer race when i get there i hit a real mental barrier it's um I, I sort of i get to i look at my watch and it says 42 kilometers and then i find the next few kilometers after that are just a battle to keep going ah yeah well i you know, you years, don't have that? no years ago, I I realised that you know forty two, fifty, you know they're all just numbers. Once, yeah. once you've gone past marathon, like when you start yeah. and you're doing marathons, you think, well, how can I run another step after I finish this marathon? Yeah. But when you're doing distances that are longer Much than longer. a marathon, yeah. you know it just it's just another number as it goes by. And yeah. of course, I don't I don't wear a GPS watch. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm not checking every K to see what you know how many. I know it's so dangerous. I think. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, it yeah. is. I mean, I, I know yeah. people who always do this sort of business. They say, "Oh, that's 13 down. You know, that's yeah. 16 down, yeah. or that's 21 down." I think. Well, no, it's like watching grass grow. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, are we there? Are we there yet? No. Yeah. Well, we have to keep going. It doesn't matter how many we've done. We're not there. Yeah. So that's sort of like, that's the attitude I take. Uh, I mean, I don't mind being with people with a watch, you know, because yeah. then I, at the end I say, oh, how far did we go? You yeah. know, on a training run or Just something like that. Checking in, yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't download the course and this and that, you know, because the, mark, the markers do a good job. And, and with Heisen and Eurobillo, I don't need, you, you know. You can probably I, do it with your eyes closed. I, yeah. I, know where, I know where it goes. <laughs> I mean, this year there was a few diversions. Yeah, were they a major problem? Not a problem at all. No. no. Yeah. They were marked. And at night I had my, my running buddy, Jeff Warren, with oh. me, and he he and really looked. He, he took care of all that stuff. Yeah. So all I had to do was keep moving forward. Yeah, he was a real, very big asset this year. He was with me last year too, but it seems this year, you know, he he sort of worked out, you know, the the cutoffs and all that. How long we had to get to the next one and this and that. So yes, we're moving at such and such a speed. So he gave you a little hustle along, did he? In some parts, because you were trying to stay ahead of the sweepers. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. But yeah. in the end, like. Uh, when he first joined me, we hustled a bit, but then yeah. it became apparent that we were going at a speed that was, was going to get us comfortably through yeah. if we kept the same speed. And that is something I can do. You know, yeah. I, I, can keep, I can keep a speed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, once, once I realised that, you know, I just let Jeff take care of all the, you know, the business. And yeah. all I had to do was just like, you know, keep them sticks moving. <laughs> Yeah, they help. Yeah, so you use the poles. I do use the poles. Yes, go, I've they, used them for probably the last probably four years or so. Yeah, and they help on, you. Oh yeah, yeah. Give uh, you something to lean on a bit. Eh? They do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's various times when you know my lungs do get to a point where I think I've got to stop for a minute, and you know, and you you put your poles and you rest your head on them, and you think, 
Yeah. For the poles, you know, and going through my ponga yulti, you know, I'm I'm digging them in, and and even to get up the hills, and even on the downs, you know, I'm yeah. putting them in front of me. Yeah, yeah. To to stop myself from you know some to really myself. steep downhill sections going through those areas. Oh, isn't there ever? And it's very easy to end up on your ass or your face. Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I mean I've I've I always say to people when you're going through there. Don't even try and run quick, you know, because you're just going to toast yourself. And, you, and like I always say, you can't uncook burnt toast. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, even you'd even forget running, you know, altogether yeah. in the sums, but just, yeah, you know, just, hike just it. pick your way down, really. Yeah. You know, just no. make sure you don't fall over. And mm-hmm. it's, it's no use being, uh, you know, the first to fall over further down the track. You know, you want to be a person that can walk, can walk all the way, you know. Yeah. Rather than sort of run and then fall over, it's a tough rescue in there too. I reckon because you. Oh, you I thought about it a couple of times. You need you need a helicopter to winch you out. Because, and even then, that wouldn't yeah. be because yeah. the, the cover's too dense in some areas. That we wouldn't be able to put a helicopter through there. Yeah, in Yulti, you wouldn't be able to get a helicopter through there. No, I think that they've been over the years. I don't know that anyone's had to be rescued in Heisen, but I can't recall anyone. No, which is really fortunate, considering like. There are some sections where you're quite isolated, and oh, yeah. it could be, um, yeah. I mean, I, I remember in the early earlier years. I mean, like my first time I attempted heist, and I, I pulled out just after the third checkpoint, and it was that year that it was quite hot. I think it was in the low. It was about thirty degrees. Yeah, yeah. And yep. um, that was probably still to this day one of the the hardest race experiences of my life. And I, I mean, I was still pretty green, you know, as a runner, as an ultra runner, and I just remember. I've just never been so hot in my life mm. and going into my ponga and just sweat just dripping off me, like like just bucketing off me and just thinking, this is impossible, you know? Okay. And, yeah. Well, lucky you didn't go up, uh, didn't leave checkpoint three and go up through you. Oh, uh, I, I did. Oh, well, what happened? Oh, that's, that's between two that's and three. I, I got through. And you got my, that hot hill. Yeah, I do. I know it. I I did a lot of swearing, you know. I, and, um, I got a bit dizzy that year. That I, I thought, oh, hang on, I'm a, I'm, yeah. some, I'm seeing stars a little bit here, and I I had to stop and sort of like gather myself a little bit because you know with the heat and the exertion, I thought, oh boy, I'm feeling a bit sort of funny here. But you know, yeah. it was okay once you get to the top. And There's a bit of a breeze, but it just it is. You go down again. Unbelievably warm, and so like if you look at this year, and it was the polar opposite. It was almost. Freezing in some. It was too. Time. It was too cold for me. I don't. Yeah. A lot of people say, "Oh, I love it. I love yeah. this. I love this weather." For me, you know, I, I like it. I like it warmer. You know, and yeah. um, for the guys moving at the and the men and the women at the very front, I think it was really conducive to some mm. fast times. And the, I mean, this year there were so many people that finished under twelve hours. Yeah, I yeah. Think the most I've ever seen. And I know, it was incredible. Yeah, and I think it had, the the cooler conditions had a, played a big part there. I reckon. I would say so. I mean, yeah. when you go through the the farmers' yard, what well, they call it, the tears. I mean, that's yeah. that's we always cold and windy in there. You know, yeah. it's so open, and you know, I was cold through there. You know, the rest yeah. of the time I was I was cool and fine. Yeah, you know, I had long sleeve thermal on the whole day, really, and uh, you know, and but I was actually cold. I was almost had to put my jacket on. I was that I was that cool. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's funny. You're um someone who's been. Um, exposed to um, the weather in your job, and I this is the actually I meant to tell you this a long time. I remember the first time we actually crossed paths, mm. and it was at the very start of my ultra running career. I'd not long moved to Adelaide, and I signed up for Eurobilla. I went down to the Sark office to pick pick up my bib, and I was collecting it. And then in walks the postman, and it's um, none <laughs> other than Kim. And everyone got excited. Oh, it's Kim! And I think you received bib number four. 
And yes. Then, and then, um, was it number four? Yes, it is, is number that four. That's your four, yeah, I can remember it. And because, and then everyone, they made a bit of a big deal because you were the one of the legends of the race and and you were doing your, you know, I, I don't know, what, 2013, how many years? It'd probably been going for a few years by then. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but it was starting to become a well-known race, I think. Um, yeah, and that was the first time we crossed paths. <laughs> and you, because you walk, you did a lot of walking as a postman. Yes, well, I, I used to actually, I used to actually push a push bike. Yeah. Uh, almost all my career as a postman. I mean, I was in the in the post for forty two years, and I reckon probably thirty, maybe thirty six of those, I I pushed a push bike. There it is. There. Oh, hang uh, on. I've, I've, st- I've still got my push bike by yeah. the uh, hanging from my rafters in my back room. That's amazing. They presented it to me when I left. Really? Yeah. A retirement yeah. gift. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's your bike. I say thank you very much. I'm taking that home. It's beautiful. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I and because I delivered in Kent Town, you know, there's a lot of businesses, and I had to get on and off that bike. So I was, you know, walking, riding, walking, riding, walking, and riding. So, you know, it was an it was an asset to me. You would have covered a few kilometres in a day. Well, not all that many, really. You know, I was only probably about fifteen or sixteen. You know, it's not all that many, but you, you, you're in you're in the weather. You yeah. know, like you say, I'm, I'm. You know, the weather doesn't bother me too much because I've been in it all my life, working wise as well. Yeah. Uh, Do you and, think? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it was. You know, and if I did a long run on a on a Sunday, which you normally would, you know, I'd be stiff on a Monday, but the yeah. bike would help me sort of loosen up the legs a little bit once I get on the round. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that would have counted as good training you know it's better yes. than definitely sitting at a desk job or even sitting on the motorbike you know oh yeah well, no, that was yeah. the recovery it was good you know yeah. and uh, yeah yeah that's um a brilliant yeah <laughs> a, a brilliant job for it i'm gonna have to take a picture of that and i'll yeah. have to share it because it's pretty awesome it's a nice bike i don't imagine it gets much action sitting up there on your no that's office. it i'm not riding it <laughs> originally i thought i was going to come home and ride it down to the shop and all that but you know yeah you know people I, get I never did they'll go they'll they'll see you go past and go where's my mail yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that's great and so um the big question i suppose is after nine hyson's 13 eurobillers uh oh, well, actually you're going to go back and do eurobilla next year yes give it another keep no it? i'm going to keep i'm going to keep going on eurobilla until like until I until I'm timed out, really. Yeah. Oh, uh, Hopefully, it's a normal race again next year. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it's just you and Brett. Um, yeah. Would you like me to? Ta- I mean, don't get me wrong. I really, I, I love Brett. He's a lovely guy. I've run with him a few times, and but he, I can, if you want, I can, I can kneecap him if you like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's about the only time. I mean, I've I've always wanted to be the last guy. You know, the last guy. Yeah. Standing, I, but you know, he's going to have to get injured. Because he's he's much younger than me and much faster. Yeah, he's um he's still going. And yeah, I don't know how he'd only be yeah in his forties still, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but um, it's really interesting because I think when I first started at High uh, Eurobilla, there were I think ten of you. There were, was there? Okay. Yeah, so this is so it's really interesting to see the drop off over the, the years for various reasons. People have either lost fitness or lost um, you know, lost motivation. Yeah, there were some yeah. logistics. A couple, one of them, you know, this one woman was in England, couldn't get back till the day after, you know, oh, so she missed yeah. out. I think one year, three people dropped out through, you know, injuries of some kind. And yeah. it's been the two of us for a, probably a couple of years now. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, so so you're, um, you'll keep charging it that you're a biller. That's yeah. excellent. Um, so you're done with Heisen or at this at this point in yeah. time, you're done yep. with Heisen. Um are there any other races on your radar that you want to continue on with or, oh, or start or try for the first time? 
one thing you can go forever on is though is the you know, your timed races. Yeah. You know, you can do them forever. Because even you know, you're just doing it for six hours. Yeah. And even though you might be only doing thirty Ks or something, you're still done the six hour. And you can be a part of it still. You can be a part of it. And you know, like I, I do, you know, as you know, I'm you know, I like to have a chat with the other runners and I'm fairly social and, and for me that's always a part of any sort of race. I like to get yeah. at the start, I get a you know, hello and and all that and then see people at the at the start and at the end and you know, as they pass me, I'm I love all that stuff. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm not it's I'm not culture, one to sort of shy away from people knowing who I am. You know, I, I yeah. quite like it and, and just this, on this heist and there are like several several guys ran past me and said, "Oh, I know who you are." Blah blah blah. And I thought, I thought I don't know who you are. And, yeah. and that was all like very complimentary and you know, it's nice. giving me a big tap on the shoulder and all that. And I thought, yeah, yeah, you know. I think you, you probably more than you realise, you've um, inspired a lot of people to either start running or keep running. You know, whether whether you like, I think um, the the fact that you just keep showing up and you keep doing it and you and you've always got a smile. Most of the time, you've got a smile on your face. I've never seen you say a harsh word to anyone, but I'm sure you have. <laughs> Everyone has at some point. Yeah, especially in sure the But um, but you know, like you you you've shown that it you can keep going, you know? And I get yeah. people who come to me and go, oh, like, because I coach, people, you know, email me and go, look, I'm 35, I'm, I'm maybe a bit old to start doing these ultras. And I'm like, get out of town. You're not too old. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, and I mean, I'm 41 and I feel like I'm just getting into it. Yeah. Properly, you know? And so I, um, yeah, I think it's great that you just keep on, keep turning up. And because this is endurance, it's an endurance sport, not just in the race itself, but in the, the race of life, mm. you know, like you want to just keep keep going. And um, yeah, what, what would you say would be, so what would be your advice to someone who's just starting out in ultras and who are, you know, got that, got that hunger, but they don't know, like, what would you give, tell them? Well, look, like, like I was saying before, you, you, you've got to want to do it for a start and you've got to be prepared to you know, do what it takes uh, to get to the end, and but but preparation, you know, uh, as I said before, you know, the three P's: preparation, pacing, and persistence. If you get those three P's right, you know, it, it covers everything. Uh, you know, you've, you've got to prepare. I mean, that takes care of itself. You know, you've got to prepare physically, but you've got to like prepare mentally. So you've got to like be imagining, you know, how you're going to be. You've got to be you got to be so like, you know, I sort of just have it in my mind the last week, just thinking, Heisen, yeah, Heisen, yeah. You start, start thinking about various points of the race. And then, you, you know, you've got to have a, you've got to like come, happen across a, a speed that's not too slow and not too fast. And you've got to be able to just like keep at that speed and you've got to be patient, you know. The, you, you can't be thinking, ah, yeah, that's 21 down. Like I said, looking at your watch all the time. Yeah. You know, forget about that. Forget about that. It's all about patience. You know, you, you can't another, you can't get there. <laughs> That's the P, the patience. Yeah. So you've just got to like, uh, you know, you sort of got to have an idea where you, where how long it's going to take you, and you can't be expecting it to take you quicker just because you want it to want it to be quicker. Yeah. Uh, and you've just got to be patient because you know the old That's adage. You know, if you if you keep moving forward, you have to reach the end. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically it. That's good. You got to sort of calm down. You know, you calm down, calm it down. Uh, but you know, that's that's common advice, really. But 
that's good advice. But, you know, and also, you know, the other things, the physical stuff like, you know, getting the right socks, getting the right size shoes, yeah. you know, getting the pack, right pack. I mean, all that stuff, you accumulate that knowledge and that gear over the years. You yeah. say, well, that didn't suit me. Maybe this is. And then listen to what people say. Uh, you know, listen to people's advice, but only take what you think's good for you. Mm. Like never sort of take someone's advice as gospel. Just think, yeah, well, Kim said that, but, yeah, I'm not sure if that suits me. So you sort of like, you know, you can keep it in mind, but you've mm. sort of got to, you still got to make your own decisions because, you know, everybody's feet are a different shape. You know, some have got long toes and short toes and wide <laughs> feet and all that. You know, I'm sort of lucky. I've got sort of like pretty standard, straight, flat feet, and that's why I don't get any blisters. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it is great. And, <laughs> that's just, and they say, how come you don't get blisters? You know, you can get the right shoes, the right socks, the right size shoes, but then the rest of it, the rest of it is just luck. You know, luck. You're lucky you've got the right, the right shaped feet. Yeah. If you've, got, if you've got knobbly feet, you know, you're probably going to run into a bit of trouble somewhere down the line. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's good advice. So have better feet. That's good advice. <laughs> take care. Or you've got to take care of your feet. Take care of your feet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your feet in an ultra, if your feet are gone, you're, you know, you can, everything else can be good. Yeah. But, you know, as you know, feet, if your feet are bad, it's going to stop you. I, yeah, I always compare it to a boxer, you know. Someone, they're, if they're, they could be the fittest boxer in the world. Yeah. Strong, powerful punches. But if their hands are no good, if their hands are broken and bruised, yeah. they're not going to be able to throw a punch. Yeah, you know? exactly so, right. Um, yeah. The, not, um, I've got a friend who, who did the first couple of Heisens with me and, and both times he had to pull out of the race because his blisters were so bad that he couldn't go on. And both times he got to like 90 Ks oh. and couldn't do the last... 12, 12 or 13 Ks because he's blisters and he never gets blisters on any other race but the Heisen. So he never finished the Heisen. He's a much better runner. He's one of the original Eurobilla guys, Paul Ruglis. Yeah, right. And he, he, he tried twice to finish Heisen, but the blisters killed him. I wonder if it's because of the flat and more or less undulating terrain towards the end. You know, more, there's more running towards the end. Yeah, you know? he thought there was a bit of like a bit of sort of, a little bit of sideways sort of track here and there. And, you know, like your feet slip and slide. And we did have a fairly wet year one year. And maybe that had yeah. some, something to do with it. I remember that one. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have much. I, I was okay with it. Yeah, of course you were. I DNF'd that year. I, I was 70. I made it to checkpoint four. I made it to Kaima. And then I sat down and, and, and my feet were an absolute mess. Mm. They were a horror show. And, I, and that was it. I, got, I sat in the chair and yeah. I was like, I'm not getting out of this chair. And I didn't. And I, don't, I mean, I haven't done that many times. But that was one of those ones. And I didn't even, at the time, didn't even care. I'm like, I don't care. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to that point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there was a, about four years ago I did it with the with Michelle Hanlon, Sheena McGill, and uh, Tracy Newman. Yeah. And all three all of them. Legends. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, well known. And, you know, yeah. and uh, and all three of them had problems with blisters. Yeah. So at each of the aid stations, I, you'd look around and there'd be one of them in the, in the chair with the uh, the medic working on their feet. And uh, Michelle's blisters were so bad they, they were from the front to the back on both sides on both feet, Ugh. and she couldn't she couldn't get off the couch for like a week after the race. But you know, and they all had blisters, and also I thought, uh, you know, I'm with them. I'm going to stay around. You know, I'm waiting. But your feet were fine. <laughs> My feet were fine, and uh, but yeah, we we finished it. But you know, they didn't complain much, and yeah. and that's the thing. And that's the thing about wanting to do it. If you want to finish it, you can finish it. You know, and then deal with the deal with the sort of like, 
the aftershock, as it were, afterwards. You know, you, can, you yeah. deal with the uh, the results. But yeah. you know, you, you've got your medal around your neck. Why you you know why you're laying on the couch moaning? You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's what I mean. Like that. That's my a big question. I I tried. I try not to ask this question of runners, but it's an interesting question. I want to ask it is that is why do you do it? Yeah. I know. I hate, it's not one, (laughs) seriously, that's like a whole other hour probably, but see if in the, is the the short version, see if you can give, see if, I mean, I don't even know why I do it, you know? Yeah. And so what do you get out of it? Well, look, you know, you get different things out of it, um, you know, from when you first start to when you, to when you finish. But, you know, there's always that, that underlying thing about proving if you're tough enough to do it. Yeah. And that's always, for me, that's always that. And as I've gotten older, I've been thinking, am I still tough enough to do this race? Am I still tough enough? And when I finish, I think, well, yes, I am still tough enough. You know, am I still tough? Yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, as you get older, you know, your training certainly you start to go with uh, newer people. I've started in the last couple of years, you know, uh, certain people, especially some women have sort of cottoned on to me because I'm going slow and they'll say, oh, can I come along with you? Yeah. Can you give me some, you know, can I see what you do? And so, you know, you're getting, you're going places and you're going up and you're, you're going up high and you're getting good views and, you're, you know, you're with nature and all that and the yeah. kangaroos hop across and, and I always say to them, well, you, you can't get here in a car, can you? And they yeah. say, "Well, you're right. You know, then yeah. you're looking out over the over the over the view, and then the mist is coming in, and, and they're thinking, oh, this is pretty good.' But you know, I, I do get a bit of satisfaction of you know getting, seeing you know people that I've given advice to finish the race that they wanted to do, and that kind of thing. So you know, I'm sort of transitioning into that from being a, you know, being a sort of like a competitor to being a sort of like a, you know someone who's helping out, you're like a mentor." People, look, I've got a woman who calls me that all the time, but, you know, I'm not sure if that's, if that's what I am. But, well, you, you know, are, definitely. I'm, I'm quite happy to give advice, and yeah. I, but I always say, look, you know, I'm giving you all this advice. You know, if at some stage it's getting too much, just say, look, shut up. <laughs> you know, stop giving me advice. Yeah. You know, or, you know, and then or just take it on board and then don't do anything about it. You know, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm dishing it out, but, you know, you don't have to catch all of it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, it's good. Exactly. I mean, you're bound to learn something from all those ultras that you've done. Yeah, you and, do. And you've obviously learned that you're tough enough, you know, and you're... Yeah, you well, know, that's right. Yeah. And how satisfying do you find getting the race medal? Like, what do you see? I know it's a big becomes a big part of an ultra is getting that, that race medal. The yeah. Finish. And, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't like getting... Yeah, that's nice. But do you enjoy getting it? Look, I do. Obviously, obviously you know, as the years go by, it means... You know, slightly less. It's not such yeah. a big deal, but it's, you know, you're still, you know, that whole process, crossing the line, someone puts it around your neck and, and then, yeah. you're sort of, then you're sort of like can walk around amongst all the other, uh, the yeah. crowd with your medal dangling and they, the people look at you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a guy. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, he's, he's finished and you think, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Where are all your medals <laughs> now? Like, I don't know, one, a bit, you've got your Heisen 105 medal hanging around on the table right in front of us. Mm. But, and I don't know if you're, if you're like me, mine usually hangs around in the kitchen and in the living room for a, a few, about a week or so, and then it disappears. It disappears into the drawer, and, which, and I always annoyed at myself. And then I'll, I've got this one drawer, it's under my desk, 
and it's full of all my race medals and I pull them out and I'm like, oh yeah, I should hang that out. It's a bloody nice medal. And I remember the story behind that medal. Mm. And that's how I see race medals. I remember the, I remember what the weather was like that day. For nearly every race, I can remember the time yeah. that I ran okay. based on the medal. Yeah. You know? And, um, and uh, I remember whether I had a good day or a shit day. I mean, it's still a good day. If you finished, it's a pretty good day. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I, I tend, I'm a bit like you. I, I bring it home. I hung it on a, a, a knob on the wardrobe in my bedroom yeah. for about a week. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of a week, or maybe I might leave it a bit, bit longer, you know, then I'll put it, I've got a shoebox and it's, and it's absolutely bulging. Actually, I've gone into, I've gone into the second shoebox now. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, that's awesome. But I've decided that for this one, I've actually put a, I've, this year's, I've actually put a nail in the wall. I'm going to leave that hanging, hanging out in the, in the kitchen here for a while. Yeah. No, it's excellent. It's um well, it's the last one, and I think you can. I mean, Hyson's as we said before, it's undergoing some big changes. Yep. You can say you ran all the Hyson's in their original form, or very close to the original yeah. format. Yeah. Because I feel like next year will be a very different race. You know? Yeah, I think so too. I, yeah. I mean, Sean, you know, he's an ideas man, and uh, he's got some ideas, and he's going to be doing it in a different sort of manner to, sort of like you know Ben's sort of slightly you know, laid back side of uh, inclusive kind of thing. I think yeah. I think Sean Sean wants to take it to a bigger audience. He does, he does. Yeah. He wants to he wants to make it sort of a big thing and and that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's your event, you, you make it how you like. Do you um, feel an emotional attachment to the event? Oh yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean I was I was part of the original yeah. uh, seven that did the uh, did the first trial run with Ben and and, and five others and we, mm. you know Ben, uh, we, we, for aid stations, we had Ben's wife at, at Mount Compass and we had two others, one of those big plastic boxes with the lid on it and we had like supplies in there and the day before Ben had planted it under yeah. a tree, you know, at 21 and about 75. Yeah. And so, you know, we sort of like get there and Ben was like, oh, there's the box over there. And so we go over yeah. there and, and eat do. from it. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that, was the, that was the whole thing. And we didn't know where we were going. We had... We had we had one uh, one a girl with a with a map. She was a very good orienteer and yeah. regainer, so she could read a map and compass. And we had a guy with one of them with a GPS, a big fat one like a brick that he held in his hand. Yeah. And we had those two things to guide us, and some very faded Heisen post signs, not not the good ones they have now. Yeah, it's pretty well marked with the the, the posts. It's now. pretty well, yeah. yeah. But um, you know this this last. Weekend that was well marked, you know. Yeah, they've they've got they've come along with marking a long way, you know. They've got those little, those little square little ones they put on the ground, those little reflective ones. I yeah, don't know if you so know those. In some ways, it's easier when it gets dark because you've got your head torch. Well, they shine straight away. Yeah, yeah, you're about you know they're only about the size of that coaster, you know, but they yeah. they're, they're, they're orange and they shine up straight away. And you think, oh yeah, here we are, we're on the on the right way. Yeah, yeah, no, I do feel an emotional attachment to it, and uh, I mean, I mean, I've been with with Ben for that for the whole time I was at his on the first six hour run yeah you know I did the first heist and did the first six hour virtually I've done you know every every race he's ever put on yeah um you know and uh so would you yeah I, I'm a bit the same I haven't done as many as you with Ben but I feel I mean Ben Ben Hawkins we're talking about obviously um he has I think he's given so much to the ultra community in in South Australia and yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss his events when they, you know. Yeah. So, um, 
Well, I mean, it, it, it's because of him that, that I'm an ultra runner, really. Yeah. Because he put on the ultra runs, and I was, and you know, I, and I just say, oh, okay, well, I'll join up and see how that goes. Yeah. So you know, if, if it wasn't for his events, you know, I would have done maybe the six foot track a couple of times, and you know, that probably would have been about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's put on the events, and I've turned up to him. That's that's basically it. But yeah. he was always one to. Uh, to, to see the average person, you know, seeing seeing the ordinary achieve the extraordinary. Yeah. And that, that was always his thing. And, like, you know, he would say, you know, oh, you're having trouble meeting the cutoff. He would say, hey, no problems. I'll, we'll wait. We'll wait, you know. Yeah, if it's only a couple of minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he would, you know, if it was yeah. some people, he would say, oh, we'll wait until you get here. Yeah. But, you know, that was in the early days when there was, like, 50 or 60 people doing it. You know, you can't. You can't continually do that, but that was sort of the feel of it in the in the initial days. Yeah, so you know, but I know Ben has to. He's got a family to look after now, and he's he, he can't yeah. be buzzing around, spending days on end. It's a lot. Of, I wouldn't be a race director to save my life. I reckon. Um, Me so neither. I always tip my hat to race directors. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, but I guess we've just got to. And I think I was thinking about this the last few days with all the changes that are happening. And I sort of thought we've got to grow with the. The changes of the events. I want mm. to keep. I mean, they they are going to be different, but you'll always be able to go remember those events and go. Okay, I'm going to take that experience and move forward as things change. There's a lot more people in it now, and um, now I sort of think, oh, this people. I feel like everyone. A lot of people are getting faster. I mean, I know I'm still up there, but I'm not like. I just sort of think. Look at the the quality of the runners here in South Australia. And they wouldn't have happened if we didn't have all these events here. I mean, you know, like yeah. the opportunity to run and race, um, yeah. you know, it's fantastic. I mean, pretty much, you know, when I started, I, I mean, I've been running since, uh, well, my first race was the 1982 City to Bay. Yeah. So I've, I've virtually done, you know, I've virtually been a runner since then, you know, give yeah. or take. Uh, so there was the City to Bay and there was, this, you know, the City to Port and there was the Adelaide Marathon. And, you know, and there, there wasn't much else. There wasn't many races to be had. Yeah. But now, you know, the last few years, you know, there's just a, a smorgasbord of, you know, you've got to make a choice. You know, this is on, but this is on. Or I've got to choose one. Yeah. You know, it was just you'd, you'd train all year to do the marathon. And, and you know, you might do a half, you know, a couple of halves maybe there was on, and that would be about it. Um, you know, yeah. so it's really... Yeah, once I sort of slowed down about thought oh, trail running, yeah, that's the go. Yeah, you know, good. and I, you've got the perfect training ground right in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So next, so before we'll finish off with, um, what's the next race on the on your calendar? Well, the next, the very next race will be the Sturt Gorge thirteen uh, k's. Oh, the trail running SA. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get on board with that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've good. already entered that one. Oh, good. So I've, I've got a couple of yeah. got a couple of younger younger friends, and you know. Have you entered the Sturt Gorge? I said, yes, okay, well, I'll enter that. Because uh, there's this one particular girl that I know, and we sort of, you know, we carpool to the, she used to live around the corner. Yeah. Well, she lived in Everest Avenue, just just by... Uh, oh, just around the corner. Just around the corner, right? Yeah. The, the very entrance to the to yeah. Black Hill. She's in McGill now, but... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and we say, uh, she says, have you entered? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm entering. So, yeah, so we'll be doing that. It'd be She's nice a, to do something that um, you'll be over and done with in an hour or two or three even, and, but, like, instead of, <laughs> instead of 20 or 24. <laughs> yeah. See, the funny thing is I can, I can enter a race that, that's 105 you know, k's long and it takes me 22 hours, 
but I'm not quick enough to enter the 20k race at, at Sturt Gorge. Yeah, that's all right. At least you get to be <laughs> am, among it. <laughs> well, I don't mind. I yeah. don't mind. I think you know I'm, so I've downgraded to the meet to the medium level at all those races now. Yeah, because you know the the top the the longer distances seem to be reserved for the the speedsters a little bit. Yeah, uh, pretty much. You know, you got to be. Have a bit of speed still in you to, to finish in time. They're pretty um, sort of a reasonably strict cut-off. Yeah, they are. They, they've got yeah. the cut-offs now. And, you know, I can, I can understand. They don't want to be there yeah. all day waiting for stragglers to come in, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of like, when I, when I look at a race, my, uh, my estimated time, I'm, I always think 5Ks an hour, yeah. give or take. And, it, and, if, and if I can make it within 5Ks an hour, I think, oh, well, I might enter that. Yeah, but but generally speaking, if it's if it's faster than five k's an hour, I won't enter it. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean you've got to be realistic, don't yeah. you? And I oh, think yeah, and that's important. And we're not, um, but it's still good. And uh, so you got the Sturt Gorge that's soon. And uh, then is there any? Um, there's, I mean, what's the next ultra? You got any more ultras coming up? There's no more really this year, is there? Not no, in South Australia. No, I don't think I've got anything. Yeah, happening at all. I've got a, got a calendar here, and there's nothing in November. But there's, there's a couple of things that, you know, they might be sort of doing in a sort of like, a, you know, a group of friends basis. Yeah. I think we're doing the uh, the Summit to Sea in November. Oh, with, yeah. With, with, with Kate Sieber and her gang. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably be doing that. That used to be a race, didn't it? It did. Yes, it did. Yeah. I've, I've run that from one, one year around. Mm -hmm. It was in like January and I'll never forget. It was yeah. going back a few years and there was a lot of people turned up to Mount Lofty. Yeah, height of summer and it was freezing. It was yeah, like, it's I don't cold. know if you remember that year. I don't know. And I remember just standing up, everyone's just shivering and trying to hide behind trees and, and behind the big pillar <laughs> up there. And um, but yeah, that was a good run. I ran you run down to Brighton. That's right. Yeah. But they used to used to run from the other way as well. Yeah. Like in the winter you'd run in July or June or July you'd run from from the beach to the summit and then in, in the summer you'd run from the summit to the beach yeah and of course you know the the uh the pioneer women's run used to be a used to be an event as well yeah. there still is an event for the pioneer women they do the walk yeah but it was actually a, it was actually in conjunction with the sark there for a while yeah it's a good course i think yeah um, but you can i ran it for the first time i ran that trail for the first time a few weeks ago and um it's a nice a very nice run it's beautiful and i, I quite like the, good walk, the history of it and I mean, you got you can stop in if you get sick of it. You can just stop at the pub. There's several pubs that you go past along the way. Well, exactly right. You, you know? stop at Sterling. We stopped at the bakery last time. Yeah. We did a we did a run down from there. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, Kim. Oh, mate, it's, we better wrap it up here because we talk all day. But I really absolutely, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, man. Thanks, yeah. Daniel. Yeah, no worries. And so um, I'll see you. I'm sure. You'll um, we'll see you at the next big one. I'll we'll see you. Indeed, you, you will. Keep oh, I have no plans to, to hang the shoes up yet. Oh, good, good. That's a, that's <laughs> the, that's a good answer. All right, take care, Kim. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs>